Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my point of view with me, Camila. Hello everybody, whoa, what was that? Welcome back or welcome if you're new. I'm a 21-year-old college student from Argentina having a lifestyle podcast where we talk all about career and life and all the things and trials and tribulations that we go through in our 20s. Okay, I'm not getting good at this intro, but it's fine. It's shorter, which is good. So how are how's everyone doing? Um, I'm recording this on election day. So right now is 5 p.m. on Argentina on election day. November 3rd so I don't know the results of the election which I don't know I wanted to say something about that but I think I'm not because I have time just to record this intro right now I cannot record it later because I'm full of finals and midterms and all of that and it's getting me very stressed but I'm trying not to think about it a lot okay that's that's that <laughs> so I am I hope you're all good I hope the results were what I am hoping for which is Democratic, Biden, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is my favorite person right now in politics, so I just want her as a vice president. But whatever it is, we're going to have to get through it as as a world because I'm not part of the states, United States society. But whatever, I'm just getting derailed here. Just a little bit of an FYI if you want a longer update on my life and what I'm doing and all of that next episode so this one i don't remember what <laughs> which episode this is but next episode is going to be a solo episode where i was trying to think if i wanted to do another q a or whatever and I'm, i think i'm just gonna take my last q a and just gonna update it because it was a couple of weeks ago and things have changed here with quarantine and i mean the election was gonna be over um plans for the future are still on but i have some new like goals that i want to <laughs> achieve and things that i'm looking forward to because here we're um close to finishing the semester i mean i have finals so through december but you know that means summer starting and i have more free time and you know all the things that i want for this podcast this summer and how's everything's gonna like keep on doing and keep on being during the summer okay yeah that's that's what i wanted to say Um, I think I don't have anything else to say. I'm f I'm filled with finals. I feel like when you listen to this, it's going to be November 9th because I released it on November 9th. And November 10th is going to be, hopefully, my last midterm if I don't have to retake it. Um, and then my finals start on December 1st. So I have a couple of weeks. I, ha I have a couple, like a week, a week and a half to take like a break from everything from school, not touch anything and then go back to everything. I don't even know what finals I'm gonna take, which finals I'm gonna leave for the summer, which finals I'm gonna leave for like next year. I have no idea. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, it just it gets me very nervous. I also I got a, a DM the other day from someone who is from Australia, and I felt like I could do an episode about this other difference that we have, the difference that we have we have in Argentina with any other country, specifically the states, because it's the other country I know better. I can do an episode about that if you're ever interested, you know, just the difference about finals and how my career works. And I think I've I've said things here and there, but I never did like a full on episode or a full on like thing about it, you know, so you can understand how everything works. But yeah, that's that's my intro for today, I think. Now let's get on to today's episode. Today's episode is a very full circle one because 
this person's podcast was the first love podcast I ever listened to, which kind of inspired me starting mine without really having to have guests. And then I realized that I could actually have guests and it kind of changed and morphed. Do you say morphed? We're going to change into what it is now and I still love it, but still just getting to talk to her was just so insane. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's episode is with Katie Bellotti. She's the host of Thick and Thin. She's a content creator. She is like the owner of Katie Bellotti Designs and she's just the most kindest, nicest, amazing person in the world. Just as nice as you see her and just as kind as you see her online. That's exactly how she is when you see her and when you talk to her. Um, so I'm just so thankful that sh we got to talk and we got to share this conversation together because it's so great. We talk about all the things from her career, like how she went from corporate to freelance, um, her online presence, being vulnerable in social the social media world and like the YouTube world and how to draw the line between what you share and what you don't. Um and then we talked about LA versus New York, which I know is a very like controversial topic every time. And then we did like a little advice section where you guys a couple weeks ago, like a month ago or so, you sent me your like advice questions and I kind of asked her for her advice and it was very good and I took a lot of mental notes. So yeah, so I just hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was a very nice conversation, very full circle. So I'm just so excited that that is happening. Um, again, if you want like a little longer life update, hopefully I'm going to do it next week. Um, and after that solo episode, we're going to have another amazing guest coming on the show, which I'm so excited. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I'm just going to leave you with the conversation. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of my point of view. And today I have a very, very exciting guest. Hi, Katie. Hi, excited to be here. Hi. So do you want to give a little bit of an introduction? Sure. Yeah. So my name is Katie Bellotti. I'm a Los Angeles-based graphic designer, um, internet creator of many different forms of content. And I'm so happy to be chatting with you guys today. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. Just before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that you are one of the reasons why I started this podcast after <laughs> listening to you. So this is like such a full circle moment right now. So thank you for being here. No worries. So... Before I get started with the episode, I always ask this to my guests. How are you really? It's a section that I do just to, you know, talk about feelings and mental health and just put that in the beginning of the of every episode. So how are you really? <laughs> how am I really? Well, I mean, we're recording this on election day here in the U.S., so things are def definitely, uh, you know, the, the emotions are high over here in my house, yeah. especially where, you know, tuned into the news and I think it's hard to not feel a little bit affected by all the emotions swirling on social media. So I'm definitely a little bit anxious today, but for the most part, trying to stay positive, um, keeping my head up. So that's how I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Right. So to get started with the episode, I just wanted to talk first a little bit about your college and postgrad experience. How mm -hmm. was that for you? And yeah, what was your major? Where did you go to school and all of that? Right. So I went to undergrad in um, Elon, North Carolina, which is a small town, a small school called Elon in North Carolina, um, like 6,000 undergrad. I think that's how many people we had there. So um, I studied communications throughout my time there. I changed my major a few times before I graduated, but I ended up with communication design 
at Elon. Um, I studied that. I fell in love with graphic design through that major. And then that kind of propelled me into moving to New York City, where I ended up working in social media and design post-grad at a corporate job. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you just that. How did you find your first job post-grad? Was it through your social media content creation work or like for a more normal route or like LinkedIn mm -hmm. or something like that? So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been lucky to have, um, you know, a platform for all of these years. I've been on the Internet since 2009. So I was doing kind of, I, I guess what they call it now, the, the influencer space for mm -hmm. a very long time. So while I was in college, I was, you know, going to a lot of really cool places with a lot of very cool brands. And one of them was L'Oreal. And so through my time working with them for a couple of years through college, I got a really, you know, got into a really great relationship with them where I felt uh, very like, like our content and our, our values really aligned. So uh, luckily a few of the people that worked on the social media team saw something in me and essentially didn't necessarily offer me a job, but they were like, here's the hiring process. Would love to get you in for an interview. So it really was a connection sort of thing, but it was a connection that I got through my other job of being an influencer. So yeah, that's kind of how it happened. It wasn't really the traditional route at all, but I am proud of myself in that it was from something that I'd done myself and it wasn't like, yeah. you know, the traditional way of my parents got me this opportunity. Yeah. Like it felt, <laughs> felt pretty genuine, but honestly not to, you know, knock anyone who gets jobs that way, because honestly life is all about connections and that's just yeah. the reality Networking of it. Is key. Exactly. That's the reality. So like LinkedIn is a is a social media that works oh, through yeah. networking. So like, <laughs> and they're exactly. very, very successful. <laughs> but yeah, and then I wanted to ask you, I know that you are now freelancing and then we'll talk more about your freelance work and everything later. But do you have some lessons that you took from your like more corporate nine to five job that you still use to today or that were very useful as like a first experience out of college? Yeah, um, I learned so, so much at my corporate job, although I'm not there anymore. I definitely got so much out of it that I'm so happy I could bring with me into, you know, going on my own. So I definitely learned while at L'Oreal my worth as a content creator because I think I had a pretty narrow perception of what, you know, how valuable the influencer industry is mm. because I saw firsthand how much money was being poured into it, how much trust was being put in these people that we were hiring at L'Oreal when I was on the corporate side. So from seeing that and hearing, you know, really, really prominent people at this company talk so highly of influencers, I was like, wow, you know, this mm. is a pretty legit industry. I think a lot of people look at influencers in a certain way and have these preconceived notions, even myself included, and I am one. Mm. So I think seeing that from the corporate side was really beneficial and I also saw you know the the importance of having contracts for everything you do I saw mm. you know just a lot of things that I would never have seen if I hadn't taken the corporate role so I'm happy I did that um and I'm happy I also knew when it was time to leave and I did that so yeah yeah so now about like your like the time that you left which was a year already which I cannot believe yeah I it was November I was November like, wow. of last year was my last I put in my like my notice in October but my last day of work was in November of last year so it's been yeah. a full year <laughs> so crazy so uh, when did you realize that you could actually work for yourself and when did you realize that you were ready to actually you know go and mm -hmm. take that leap and be like okay I'm starting my own business I'm being a freelancer I'm doing this for myself 
Right. So, I mean, with me, I had kind of been working for myself all along, but I had done this thing where I convinced myself that I needed a real job too, just so people wouldn't think that I was like crazy, you know, because people, sometimes people that, you know, say, oh, I'm a freelancer. They're like, you know, people think, oh, well, you're just like lazy or you can't get a real job or something. And I fully fell into that. I was like, oh, I need to have like a legitimate job. Which now looking back, of course, I'm like, that's crazy that people Mm. think that freelancing isn't legitimate, but whatever. I mean, I was one of those people. So I definitely, you know, I I was kind of balancing two jobs at once, which was a lot to balance, especially my first and second year out of college where things are already really hectic. So that was a lot. But, um, you know, I I found out or I, I figured within myself around like, I guess maybe seven or eight months into my job at L'Oreal that I uh, had what it takes to do things by myself and like do it on my own. And so it took, you know, a little bit of time and like some courage to muster up to quit and just me making sure I had all my ducks in a row and like my backup plans and all that. Um, But yeah, I'd say that I I kind of always was my own boss and I, I knew in the back of my mind I wanted to just do that full time, but I didn't have the courage until a little while after graduating. Hmm. And looking back, do you think that you did it at the right time or you could have done it before or after? Do you feel like the timing was right or maybe you could go back and change it? Would you? No, definitely not. I think the timing was perfect because, well, first of all, now looking back, it's like, okay, it was great because it was before the pandemic hit. So it was before all the crazy Hmm. stuff happened here. And then it was also, you know, long enough that I had you know, gotten a lot of connections there. And like, I've really, um, you know, learned a lot. I feel like I also owed it to myself to give it a solid try. I would have been regretful if I hadn't, if I had like quit too soon and didn't really give it a shot. Like I gave it a full shot and I gave it a full experience where I knew that it wasn't for me necessarily right now. People ask, you know, would I ever go back to the corporate world? And I definitely could consider it. Uh, later on in my life but right now I think I owe it to myself to give it this a shot and see what happens so yeah yeah no for sure Mm -hmm. and then um I wanted to know a little bit more about for the people that don't know and just know you as a content creator what does Katie Bellotti Designs do what do you Mm -hmm. specifically like do with that business that you have Yeah, so I do um, mainly content creation for small businesses, for independent business owners, for people that are, you know, trying to start something. I do a lot of different things. So I'll do logo design, I'll do brand kits. So if someone's just starting out with their brand and needs help with, you know, fonts and colors and all the things that you don't really think about, you know, that are really impactful for your brand image. So I help with that. I also help with some, I've done some podcast covers. I've done a lot of various things. It's definitely a passion of mine graphic design and all of that and I'd say you know Katie Bilotti Designs kind of takes up 50% of my uh, day-to-day because of course I'm also doing the podcast and my YouTube and Instagram presence Um, but I definitely love having you know the the external relations still intact because at L'Oreal it was great having you know other people I was working alongside to create something and so having clients really helps me still feel like I'm doing that because I'm working with someone to make something that I'm proud of. So yeah, yeah that's kind of what it, it is. <laughs> yeah, that that's really cool. I love the fact that you do tattoos. I saw the tattoo that you did yeah. on your sister. So cool. I yeah, that's to, another like, thing. I always forget about that. I also do tattoo designs. <laughs> I have to <laughs> gather there. up the courage to kind of like decide mine because I've been so <laughs> indecisive. But when I am, I'm going to email you. But it's so like 
real and like forever that I have to be really sure. Oh, what yeah. I want. It's a big commitment for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then I wanted to ask you if you have any like big career goals with Katie Bellotti Designs that you are looking forward to or do you put yourself like monthly goals or yearly goals or those things that people do? Um, I mean, I definitely have some like, you know, far off goals of expanding and like hiring a lot of team members and, you know, getting a studio and things like that. But in the short term, I definitely I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the brink of this. I'm releasing products in actually a couple of weeks now. I'm so um, excited. <laughs> so, so excited. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks away, our launch. I'm announcing our launch date on Friday. So, yeah, it's going to be the first round. Only three products to start, but I'm just kind of testing the waters to see what will happen. But I'm really interested in releasing a lot of tangible things people can buy and have in their homes. So that's definitely a short-term goal, and I feel like it's it's going to go somewhere pretty soon. So. I am so excited. And then to kind of finish <laughs> off the, the freelance kind of section of the episode, I wanted to ask you if you have like a structure for your weeks or how do you manage, you know, since you don't have the, the structure nine to five mm -hmm. situation going on, sometimes I find it hard with school sometimes to be like, okay, that's it. Now that I'm all the time working from home. And if you have any work from home advice for people that are now working from home full time because of the pandemic. Yeah, so... It's definitely unique because, I mean, especially during the pandemic, like I've worked from home for quite some time now where I've got be become comfortable working from home and I, you know, I've edited my videos from home forever. So it's like, yeah, I have like experience with it for sure. It's definitely something that I think um, isn't a walk in the park for everybody because, you know, the distractions of being home and all of those things and the, you know, just the overall The mental staring. situation is right. the same and, and staring at the same four walls can get not so inspiring and you you feel like you yeah so I get why it's such a struggle for people and it's definitely something I still even struggle with after having experience with it so I just always make sure that I have you know a set list of goals for the day that are written down on a, like a sheet of paper in front of me and I always you know I, I look at that list <laughs> yeah see we're, we're one in the same in that I always have it And, you know, I have my, my digital calendar. I have also a paper calendar. But, you know, it's just important to, if I'm just like looking at my calendar, I get so overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. I try to make it as clear cut and easy to follow. And I only give myself six tasks a day, no more than that. And some of the tasks can even be something super simple, like take, you know, put my laundry in, in the dryer mm. or something like it's, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You don't want to give yourself too many things to accomplish because then it'll just be too overwhelming. And I always make sure that I do the things that I don't want to do first. Yeah. <laughs> like the things on my list that I'm like, that is like, I hate that I have to do this today. I do that first mm. to get it out of the way mm. because as I start to kind of lose steam throughout the day, after I've had my coffee and everything, I, I do the easier <laughs> things later or like the more yeah. fun things. So yeah, the, the beginning of the day is usually me doing accounting things or, you know, paying bills and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and then the end of the day is like, I'm creating things. I'm being, you know, I'm doing the fun stuff. So yeah, those are definitely some little tips I have for productivity. Yeah, no, I love it. And also when we were talking about more like the mental situation of the pandemic, I don't know if you felt this at the beginning. Everyone was like, oh, you have to be productive. You have to work mm -hmm. like 24 seven. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> we're going through like a global crisis. I cannot concentrate <laughs> in work right now. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. Yeah. So I'm glad that everyone just calmed down a little bit and realized that we need times for ourselves. And to, Me like, too. Be mindful. Me too. 
It was so hard at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then I wanted to talk about your online presence and, and, all of, and all of that. So first with the YouTube, how do you started your YouTube channel and why? So I started my YouTube channel in 2009 and it kind of, uh, you know, came from an area of needing needing like a distraction from my real life because I wasn't extremely well liked in my younger years. And so I was just looking for something like kind of an outlet for, you know, me to start over and share myself with the world in a way that people didn't know who I was and I could just make friends online. That's kind of where it started, just mm -hmm. a need for community. And then, yeah, from there, it blossomed into something that I, I don't think I ever saw coming. And it's become a business. It's become somewhere where, you know, I I've created over thousands, a thousand videos to date. So something that's really blossomed from there. But I started, I guess, almost like, oh, my God, like 11 years ago. It's crazy. Mm, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you, maybe you have like a specific style because I love the style of your videos. They're like just so... Mm -hmm aesthetic and I don't know so you when <laughs> you see goal. like a video when you see like a video that I see a video from you I'm like yeah this is Katie I know this is her videos <laughs> even though you are like one day's in New York the others in LA but you right. kind of know your style do you kind of follow that style through the years or you just do whatever you feel that that's right when you edit and you film the videos yeah I mean definitely what feels right I feel like over the years my editing styles changed but it kind of always has remained The same, I just want people to feel, you know, comforted with my videos. I don't want it to be uh, exhausting to watch them because some videos are, you know, not to, to compare myself to other people or judge anyone, mm -hmm. but some videos on YouTube are like, there's just so many edits, so many jump cuts, so much going on that it just becomes overwhelming. Like I want my videos to be a safe space where people can feel comfortable. And uh, that's kind of the goal with my editing style. I find that it's I, yeah, I, I feel like that's just kind of what I always consider. The The way it looks is different video to video, but that's kind of the overall vibe I go for. Yeah, no, and I love it. I always enjoy watching your videos. I always go back to like the vlogmas that you did last year. Yeah. I think it was with the intro. I'm like, oh, I love that intro. I loved those videos so much. <laughs> <laughs> They were so good. And then do you have some pros and cons of being on YouTube or being a YouTuber? I mean, pros are just being able to express yourself and being able to have fun with your videos. And it, it does feel super satisfying to work on a, a video and then have it be out in the world and people enjoying it. It's a great feeling. I also think there's a lot of negativity on YouTube, especially right now. Um, it's definitely a hard place to, you know, if you are sensitive like me, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sensitive. Reading the comments can really get to you and it can really make you feel extremely discouraged. Um, mm -hmm. And so... That's how I feel. And that's why I've kind of taken a step back from YouTube in recent years. I find that uh, YouTube has become, unfortunately, a pretty uh, toxic platform in terms of the comment section. It never used to be like that, um, like years ago. And it's just kind of sad to see it evolve that way. I feel like Instagram is somehow more supportive and a little bit more level headed than YouTube right now. Maybe it's just my comments, but Mm. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely let it affect me, unfortunately. I'm trying to not let it affect me and focus on the reason why I'm doing it, but it's a little bit. It's There's definitely some cons that I, I didn't think were going to happen, you know, when I started in 2009, but here we are. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that when YouTube started getting bigger, it started mm -hmm. getting harsher for the oh, people yeah. that were creating content. I was like, sometimes I go through people's comments and I'm like, oh my God. Instagram, yeah. I feel like people cannot judge you that much maybe because it's just one photo, one story. But when you post like a full on video of your life, everyone has something to nitpick about, you know? I know, exactly. Yeah. Mm. It's so sad, but... Yeah, then I wanted to ask you, and I want to tie this with the podcast because it's one of my favorites. Um, basically, first, let's go with you. why you started your podcast. And I, the other day, I was going through like my favorite pages that I have on my Google Chrome, and I found your blog, which I don't know, I know ah, you don't use anymore. Throwback to like, that. Oh, my God, it's been so long since I posted on there. <laughs> and, and I'm so sensitive because of everything that's going on and whatever. And I, I remember reading like the first thing that you posted and I started crying I was like oh my uh, god what's going on but it has such a similar style to the podcast so I wanted to know like why you started up your blog and how you started your podcast or if they're like tied together right. or not yeah I mean the blog definitely inspired the podcast so mm -hmm. the podcast if I'm being truthful is just a lot easier to do than writing a blog post um it yeah. just takes a long I'm super picky with my writing I do love writing Um, and I, you know, I hope to have a book published before I'm 40. That's kind of like a long-term goal of mine. So I definitely love so writing. Cool. I, yeah, I'm hoping. Let's see. I, I love writing, but it definitely just, you know, for the, for what I was, you know, the speed in which people really wanted articles, they wanted me to be posting a lot, like every week, it was just made a lot more sense for me to, you know, plug in a microphone in my computer and speak what I was you know, going to write. And so the podcast kind of took shape from me loving my blog and people loving my blog, but it just not being time efficient for me, uh, especially because I was, you know, when I started it, I still had my full-time job um, at L'Oreal. So I really had no time. And I was also trying to keep up with YouTube and Instagram and all the things. So it definitely came from an area of, I just didn't have time mm -hmm. to be writing down everything. But really honestly it's become something that has surpassed my blog like it's it's something that has gotten so much bigger and greater than I ever could have imagined so I'm really happy with it yeah so I wanted to ask you the reason of the name I know you explained it many times but so my listeners know why it's like why it's called thick and thin Yeah. So, you know, the quote, it's like life or, you know, we're with each other through thick and thin, mm -hmm. the thick and the thin of life, the good and the bad of life, the bad and the good of life. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I talk about. So I talk about the highs, lows, the thicks and the thins. And, you know, from now to historical moments, all of the above, that's kind of what I cover on there. Yeah, I love it. And do you have, again, with this, some pros and some cons different maybe from YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I think the pros of, of podcasting is, you know, you feel like when there's no comment section, there's no, I mean, of course, there's the reviews, but for the most part, people are just putting it on in the background of their lives and listening to it. And it's less of a, I'm going to sit and watch someone and judge them. So I feel like I can definitely say more on the podcast that I don't feel comfortable maybe saying on YouTube or somewhere yeah. with a physical comment section that could sway people's opinions of me and whatever. Um, I also think it's just there's a lot of freedom with podcasts you can really uh yeah and you can talk for a long period of time you don't have to edit it down to like be two minutes long which is definitely time consuming yeah. and difficult for other platforms like tiktok and all that like the short content mm -hmm. is honestly a lot more time consuming to make than the long form content as you probably yeah. know so yeah so that's definitely the pro i would say for cons um it is kind of challenging sometimes when people can't see what you're talking about and you have to 
use your words to describe something, you know, paint a picture for people to visualize something. And also you, you know, as you're recording you and you're listening back, you're like, oh gosh, I say this one word a lot. And you don't realize that you're like, oh no, I like definitely say this one. I'm annoying. Like, and you can like really (laughs) criticize yourself. But I think those are really, yeah, it's kind of like a good look at the pros and cons. Overall, yeah, a lot of pros. No. I love my podcast. So Yeah, no, for sure. I I, I realized that I say you know a lot. Because I say that too. English oh is God. not my first language. I just want people to understand me. So I'm like always like checking in like, you know, and people are like, yes. And I'm like, great. We are so good. I, English is my first language and I say, you know, a lot too. So <laughs> it's definitely a universal thing. <laughs> I have in Spanish also like words that I say all the time. And I'm like listening to like my audios that I send to my friend. And I'm like, what am I saying? Why did I say this word so many times? But yeah. And I feel like I didn't even listen to like my first three episodes back after editing uh, editing them because I was like, I'm going to delete, delete them. So I'm just going to leave them there and not even going to listen to them again. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned about my first few episodes. I'm like, should I delete them? Like they're probably <laughs> not great, but hey, everyone starts somewhere. Mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, comparing all of your, all of your, like your social media presence and everything, I realized that you're very like vulnerable and very open online, especially with like your past uh, podcast episodes with like your YouTube video where you talk about your insecurities and all of that. How do you find or how how are you so open online and how are you comfortable being so open? And where do you feel like you have to draw a line where, OK, this I can't share, this I don't feel comfortable sharing? And how do you draw the line? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think... Um with a lot of things that I think about sharing, I always ask myself, like, do the pros outweigh the cons here? Like the cons being people judge me or people are angry with me for sharing something or people, a number of things negative, but I always think about the pros and usually it's, it's, you know, someone out there feeling more comfortable with themselves or someone out there realizing they're not alone in this. And so there really isn't much that's off limits for me to talk about only because I know that it, like I, I, of course, I, I try to preserve myself and I want people to think of me in a good way because who mm-hmm. doesn't? But I also know that th- there's just simply no way everyone's going to like you, even if you are the most unproblematic person that only talks about positive things. And, you know, people are still yeah. going to hate on you for that. So you really, you know, being an online presence, you have no you, you're going to be criticized. So might as well, you know, be for something that will help someone. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think about. And. I don't know if I, if there's anywhere specific I would draw the line. I am a little bit careful with talking about religion and politics only because mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I, of course, I think most people online know how I feel about both things, but I don't talk about it every single day. I don't talk about it to the extent that people will be like, cause you know, the thing about politics and religion is people tend to follow the people that they agree with. So their whole feed is just the things that they agree with. One picture, yes. Exactly. And so by me taking a, a firm side with religion or politics, people will unfollow me if they don't agree with me for the most part. And I don't really care so much about losing followers, but I do care about them not seeing my point of view because I want people to maybe have a little change of heart here and there and be like, wow, you know, because of course I, my views are my views and I, I want mm-hmm. people to see my views. So that's why I try to be really strategic with how I kind of infuse them into my content. So the people that don't agree with me stick around to see these things that they don't agree with, because that is how you improve in life by, you know, having hard conversations and seeing 
people that, you know, trying to understand other people that are different from you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my stance on that. I'm definitely not as vocal about those things, but it's strategic. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I love that. And also me doing like a more political major I know the importance on having different points of view and debating about them not just having like a bad argument and screaming Mm -hmm. at each other just actually debating and standing your like points and why you're on this side and why the other person is on that side right you putting yourself in them shoes and in their shoes and they're in yours and I feel like that's like very like I feel like there's a lot of like you said, improvement in life and you can be a better person once you share your different points of view with someone else. If you always stay in your box, I feel like you're never going to grow. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. And then um, just to kind of close this part of the online presence, do you have like a specific episode or, or, or and a specific video that you look back on and you love that you have that on your like repertoire of your things? Yeah, I think my my favorite YouTube video I've ever made was this video I posted after studying abroad my junior year. I made this like pretty artsy video that I was like, I don't know if people are going to like really like this because I typically Mm -hmm. was talking about like dramatic topics and it was called I'll Never Be the Same. And that video has forever been my favorite because I just remember how I felt when I was living that part of my life and it was just a, a video that came from like true happiness. So it's definitely one of my favorite episodes or videos I've made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And favorite podcast episode, do you have one? Hmm. Um, I've definitely loved all the episodes I've done on ghosting because I think mm. they come from a place of experience and people have really related to them. So yeah. I think those are probably I've done like two solid episodes on that. And those are definitely my favorite episodes. Yeah, I love that. And another question this is more like, I don't have it written down here. How do you come up with such great names for your podcast? I feel like that's the hardest part for me. It's definitely hard. I think, um, honestly, it happens like as my podcast is uploading to my the site that I use to upload, I'm like racking my brain. I look over my notes and I try to like just pull keywords from it that you know, because I, I like I, I think about myself as a listener and of other people's podcasts. And I think about what podcasts I click on and why. And it's usually because the title doesn't give everything away. And I am in, intrigued and I'm like, ooh, I want to hear more about this. But it, it does give me a sense of what I'm going to get myself into, but not everything. Yeah. So I try to make it kind of elusive and like in, uh, intriguing, but still, um, you know, not too clickbaity because I want it to be, you know, what the podcast is actually about. So yeah, it's definitely tricky. I think some I've named better than others. Some I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just need to get this up. So I'm like, I'm just going to call it something. Um, But I I try to be as strategic as possible with it, but not always. Yeah, no, I I love them actually. They always want to make me like listen to the episode at that time. And I'm never able to listen just right at the second. And I'm like, oh, I want to (laughs) listen. And then um, to move on to the last section before we do like the advice section that I had planned I wanted to do like a comparison between LA and New York because you've been living in both well you lived in both and now Mm -hmm. you're living in LA and first I wanted to start with like the stereotypes and assumptions that people have about both is it true that LA is superficial and New York New Yorkers are very mean (laughs) I mean uh well I've only lived in LA for a few months so I definitely haven't seen like and I've lived during you know a pandemic so it's like definitely different um I feel like people here do 
from what I've seen, um, you know, at least in like the Beverly Hills, downtown LA situation, like, you know, the, the restaurants I've been to there because I haven't really like socialized there. Um, I, I feel like people are just as superficial as people in New York. Honestly, I definitely think people care more about like who, you know, or who you are out here. Maybe, um, I've definitely met a lot of aspiring actors out here Mm -hmm. and people of that nature, definitely different sort of careers than I've seen in New York, but not to say that that, you know, I think there's definitely stereotypes um, for either place. I would say they're not always true for sure. Mm -hmm. New York, I would say people are definitely just um, not mean by any means, but I'd say that they, you know, they, they don't have time for, uh, you know, nonsense. (laughs) They're like, let's get to the point. Let's stay productive in all elements of our lives. And, you know, it's inspiring to be in that sort of climate, but it's also sometimes it could be really draining and take it out of you. I feel like here people are much slower, Mm -hmm. much more relaxed, but that can also be not so positive because it makes you less productive or whatever. So they're definitely just two completely polar opposite places. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And do you have something that you really miss about New York that you can't have in L.A.? The pizza, for sure. (laughs) The pizza was so good. I mean, honestly, I think the food in New York is just is better, in my opinion, um, so far. But and I, I just, you know, I miss life before quarantine, which was you know, my most recent place I was, was New York. So I I miss that, you know, I miss all my friends being together there and I miss that a lot, but, um, I feel like LA is just right for me right now. So we'll see. I might be back in New York. Who knows? Yeah. I love that. And do you have uh, favorite places in LA? Like a favorite place? Yeah, I well, I yeah, I'm living um, on the West side. So by the ocean, which is great. Um, I love Malibu. It's beautiful there. I think that's definitely my favorite place so far. Yeah, no, I love that. And do you feel like a difference from going to living alone and living with friends? Do you feel better or will you go back living alone or do you love living with roommates and you will stay like that? I love living alone. I am such a proponent of living alone. I think Mm -hmm. living alone before the pandemic made a lot of sense for me. But then when things hit and, you know, you're not socializing as much, you're not going out as much, like living with your friends is ideal because it makes it right it makes it safer and then it's also just you know it's easy to feel super lonely during times of crisis obviously so it makes me feel less lonely um overall it's just I think it's right for right now um but I definitely could see myself living alone again yeah well I love that and then um one last question and we'll move on to the advice section where my listeners send some like questions where they need advice on um What's your biggest quarantine lesson? Mm, um, wow. My biggest quarantine lesson. Um, people can be really, really cruel in times of crisis online. People can say a lot of things <laughs> out of uh, fear, out of um, frustration with their own lives. And it's just important to know and remember as you're reading these comments and as you're reading hurtful things people say about you that everyone is really struggling right now and will say anything that they can to make themselves feel better. So you just have to be empathetic and know that, you know, comments will not make or break you on the internet. It's, you know, people will have things to say. No one will ever always be, no one, you know, it'll never always be that everyone's on your side. Mm -hmm. So just take a deep breath before responding to things that upset you. Mm -hmm. That is what I've learned. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's really true, actually, because we're all the times on our phones. So that's right. really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, to the advice section, I wanted to do an advice section with you because your podcast, you're always talking about like real stuff and people love just listening to you as like a big sister. Mm -hmm. And so I have some questions. so I'm going to read them to you. The first one says, uh, do you have any advice on how to stay motivated and keep discipline with Work out, working out or exercise or with work from home? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those times where you can't be too hard on yourself for not sticking to a routine and a plan. I've definitely yo-yoed so much back and forth with my healthy lifestyle versus being unhealthy on the weekends. And, mm. you know, it's it's all about remembering, I suppose, that this is an unprecedented time and you can't be too hard on yourself. Um, it's just all about doing your best and doing what makes you feel happy and healthy, even if that means, you know, gaining weight or I don't know. So yeah, yeah, that's my two cents on that. Yeah, for sure. And then someone else said, I have a crush on my best friend. What do I do? <laughs> oh my God, that's so tricky. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I feel like you need to ask some other people that you know what they think trusted people that won't tell him yeah. um I mean I hope you have a, a circle of people you can talk to about this and and see what they would say because um I mean it could be something where everyone knows that you know there's something between you guys and you just can't you need someone's you know another opinion um I I usually say you know just kind of feel it out and and try to look for signs maybe don't express your love to this person like just full-fledged I mean if <laughs> it feels, and Juliet, don't do that. yeah I mean you can you can go ahead and do that if that feels right to you but I would suggest maybe just hanging back and testing the waters a little bit and seeing what's going on because you don't want to ruin the friendship obviously but you want to speak your heart and your truth so I would say get some get some opinions from people that are close to both of you guys and know you know kind of the situation and see what they say Yeah. And also I want to add a little bit one thing. Um, maybe also just go out on a day, get out there, have like a dating app situation because maybe you're just spending a lot of time with that person and you feel like you have a crush because everything going on. So maybe that's if you so just, true. You know, get, get yourself out there. Out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. And then I love this one. Did you ever felt lost in life and how did, did you get over that? Of course. I mean, I have definitely mm -hmm. had my fair share of, of feeling lost and feeling like I don't have a purpose and I don't really, you know, I, I don't know a lot of the times like what is going through my mind, what's going on. Um, and I say, you know, if you if you feel lost in life, just remind yourself why you started whatever you're doing. If it's your your business or your social media presence or you know, your hobby that you're doing and that you're feeling lost in, remind yourself why you started, remind yourself how you felt when you were younger and when you were starting out with this thing and just, you know, remind yourself, uh, just who you are at the core of your being and of how you were when you were younger. And honestly, I feel like that's how I've gotten myself out of dark moments, just reminding myself of the person I used to be and still am deep down um, because sometimes, you know, the world can really creep in and try to change you and try to scare you. And yeah, yeah. so that's that's definitely what I've done. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. And then I had like five. I have a five here written because people ask this like five times. Dating during COVID, advice on dating during the pandemic, advice on dating with quarantine, blah, 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 all of that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe an advice. <laughs> 
It's definitely tricky. Um, dating apps are the first place that I think everyone should go because it is the easiest way to get to know people without having to person-to-person uh, -person meet them yet, obviously. Yeah. So I uh, definitely would get started on there. Um, I use Hinge mostly out here, and I think it's it's really great uh, here um, in the U.S. where we have it. I'm not sure where it is elsewhere, but um, we don't have great, it here. Oh, you don't have it there? Do you have Bumble? No, so I have to download Bumble. Someday. Bumble's pretty never, good. I've never had a dating app because I've been so like raised as a child like you cannot date online and I was like okay I'm not gonna yeah. talk to anyone online that's it okay and I've been like so freaked out that I feel like I'm gonna find someone that's not there and it's gonna be like a total catfish situation that definitely <laughs> has crossed me. my mind too but in my experience uh, I haven't had that happen yet so honestly it works out I know out, some pretty like successful stories like people who moved to the states people yeah. from here and it's like wow they're getting married in like a castle <laughs> I mean you always hear the success stories right so yeah, I, I don't know sure. I, it's definitely I mean Again, don't feel an insane pressure to do really anything right now during this time period. I mean, it's like it, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of stress, so you shouldn't be too hard on yourself with dating mm -hmm. especially. But getting on dating apps and at least just chatting with someone, and, you know, it, it's a good confidence booster regardless. Yeah. If you don't even end up going on a date with this person in real life, it's like just a good confidence booster. It's good to get yourself out there and dipping your toe in it. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, I've, I've gone on some dates during uh, this time and it's all been about, you know, just making sure you're outside and going to places where you feel and, you know, making sure all the precautions and everything. But dating apps has been where I've started things out. And maybe it's not ideal with like the story you want to tell to your kids someday, but it's honestly, I think it's it's super up and coming. It's how a lot of people are meeting people. So, yeah, there are like an, a lot of new apps coming up, like mm -hmm. after Hinge and all of that. I'm like, wow, so many new. <laughs> how do you choose one? For sure. And then next one said, how to deal with stress when I can't get it out of my life right now, being finals or whatever thing, deadline that I can, that I have right now in my life. Um, with stress, I just recommend uh, keeping a journal and writing down how you're feeling. It honestly just helps being able to express it on paper and get that get the feelings out and um you know because sometimes we we have these intense feelings and we don't know we we have like an overall feeling but we don't know what they're attached to and why we're feeling this way so it's yeah. good to write down your feelings and your thoughts I also recommend um I recently started talking to a therapist which has really helped me so that's another way where I feel it just it's so 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 helpful to just talk to someone that, that doesn't know you that doesn't know your life um so yeah I, I recommend you know journaling talking to a therapist and uh just figuring out the root of your stress and why you feel this way yeah for sure and then I have two ones left um how to stop comparing myself to others especially my friends not only just physical but also personality levels um, I mean, it, it's kind of impossible to stop comparing yourself altogether. I think that that's something that everyone does at every phase of their life. But it's just important to know your worth um, because, you know, once you realize how great you are and what strengths you have, um, it makes your comparison. It, it, the comparison takes up less and less of your life. I think um, it's impossible to just never, ever compare yourself ever again because it's just not realistic. But I think with your friends, it's important to remember that, you know, you, you are in the friendship for a reason. It's like people see your value and your worth and who you are. And your friends probably have 
a very similar opinion of you and compare themselves to you as well in other ways. So, you know, you can't beat yourself up about it. You can't, um, you know, let it rule your life because, you know, you're only seeing one side of the story. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I love that. And the last one says, how do you manage change in your life? Change in my life. Oh, well, I've had a lot of change in my life recently. Mm -hmm. I would say um, managing it, I I guess just um, knowing that at first with every change, there's going to be a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uh, the the fear of, you know, failing, things like that. So just knowing that those are normal emotions to feel. Um, I also journal heavily about how I'm feeling so I can look back and, you know, think, oh, wow, this is how I was feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. when I first did this and whatever. It's good to reflect. Um, I also just think, you know, you know, you have to know that the uncomfortable feeling that you experience when you are undergoing change is really just you growing. Um, so remember that. So yeah, I think those, those mindsets are all important uh, to consider. Yeah, I love that. I'm taking like mental notes. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And then uh, to kind of close the episode with like a more fun section, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. So you just have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So what's your go to coffee order? Iced latte with oat milk. Are you a movies or a show person? Um, Probably a movies person. So what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Oh, my God. Probably Something Borrowed. I love that. It's a rom-com. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. What's your biggest pet peeve? Slow walkers. <laughs> yeah. What's an outfit you would wear forever? Probably like a long maxi dress. It's like super flowy and comfortable. Cute. Yeah. What's your favorite quote? Hmm. Um. My favorite quote... Probably um, oh, something from Maya Angelou, for sure. She has so many good mm-hmm. ones. Probably, um, uh, it's like something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, uh, you know, do do as, as well as you can, like do the best you can until you know better, then do better. Mm, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I, I love that one. If you could switch lives with somebody else for one day, who would it be? Blake Lively. (laughs) She lives a great life. And the last one, what's the song that never fails to make you dance? Dancing Queen by ABBA. (laughs) 100%. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being here with me today. Do you want to plug yourself one last time on all your socials? Sure, yeah. I mean, you can find me just by searching my first and last name. It's K-A-T-Y and then Bellotti with a B, V-E-L-L-O-T-T-E on really any social media platform. And then my podcast is called Thick and Thin and I post every Thursday. Great. Well, again, thank you so, so much for being here with me and to everyone else. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.